Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. March is here. March Madness is here. Our March 1st edition of the program underway. What a night of sectional action across the state on Tuesday evening. Some sectionals have Wednesday games tonight. And of course, in most cases, our semifinal games are set for Friday night. IU Southeast won a conference tournament championship in exciting fashion last night. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. And probably the most disappointing thing of the night was Indiana's performance against Iowa. The Hawkeyes came out and, quite frankly, dominated Indiana from the very get-go. And we'll obviously recap that game. Indiana still in a good spot as far as postseason and NCAA tournament seeding goes. But the opportunity to win out two games at home, Iowa last night, Michigan coming up later in the week, would have really set this Indiana team on quite a roll heading into postseason, but that does not happen. Iowa gets it done and does so in a big way last night, so plenty of IU talk coming up. Let's take a quick look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, busy show. We're going to get right to the phone line here in just a few minutes. Wiley Brown, the head coach of IU Southeast, is going to join us. We love to recognize local accomplishments and to start things off this month. IU Southeast with a 68-60 win over IU Kokomo last night on the road to win the River States Conference Tournament Championship. So it's great to see uh, Coach Brown and the Grenadiers headed back to the NAI National Tournament. Coach Brown will be with us here in just a few seconds. Also, later in the show, Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com is going to join us on this Wednesday to recap a really bad performance last night for the Hoosiers and also talk some postseason basketball, some bracketology with us as well today. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will check in in our third segment today. Lots of high school games to recap from last night. And Josh will help us break everything down, get ready for tonight. Some good games at 3A sectional, local sectional at Charlestown. And uh, get ready for Friday night, the semifinal games as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you here on this first day of March. The number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. And right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. 
a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant or a steak and egg burrito and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. we got to get right to the phone line here in this very busy show. Wiley Brown is with us, the head coach of IU Southeast. Coach, I am so very happy for you. Your team is dancing again here in the postseason after a 68-60 road win over a very solid IU Kokomo team last night. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. You know, this time of year, man, I, I enjoy dancing a lot this time of year. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I really, it really was fun. It was a fun moment last night for those guys, man. Matt, they worked extremely hard. And you know what they went on, uh, went through uh, early on in August with they, one of their best players. Man. You're not no longer with her, with, with this uh, on earth, but he's with us in spirit, man. So uh, I'm happy for these guys. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll touch on that here again in just a moment. But, Coach, first off, the game last night, IU Kokomo, a very strong opponent, 17-3 uh, and three in conference play. You guys have to go on the road, the format of that conference tournament to play, and you get the win on the road. Big performance last night by Jacoby Hendricks. He had 19 points, six rebounds, and four steals as well. And then Christian Stewart, who's a name I think a lot of listeners might remember from his day, days at Clarksville High School. He had 18 points and nine rebounds last night. Coach, this team is playing great basketball at the right time. Take us through last night's game and also maybe take us through the conference tournament leading up to your championship game appearance on how this team's been coming together. Well, Matt, uh, unfortunately, we didn't play good uh, at the beginning of our season, especially in conference, so we had to go on the road to, uh, we, to beat two number one seats. Uh, we had one game at home, but then we had to go on the road, but uh, I think with our schedule, I'm not, not think I know with our schedule being so tough and uh, losing those games at the at the beginning, it really helped us uh, to go on the road and beat two. I mean, really tough uh, opponents, and uh, our guys just just they just played tremendously. And uh, I, Matt, uh, I think everyone would know Denny Crum, who always said that uh, it's, it's, it, it doesn't matter at the beginning of the season when it's losing those games, as long as you learn something and they be playing well at the end of the season. So that's what we're doing right now. Uh, uh, 15 games in a row uh, winning streak, and uh, I'm so proud of those guys because they, the hard work they put in, the dedication in and in the classroom and, and of course, I mean, it's just very special to see these guys achieve their dream because they, that's what they, this was one of the things they wanted to do when they decided that, uh, at the beginning of the season they want to win the conference championship. Coach Brown, I tell you, this River States Conference is really good. Lots of Indiana teams, lots of Indiana players that would be recognizable, I think, to a lot of listeners on the different rosters. But to win this conference is a big deal. This is a basketball area, and you mentioned going on the road to knock off some top seeds. This has not been an easy path, and year in and year out, it seems like this is one of the great conferences in NAIA basketball. Well, it, it has been, man. I, I... My first seven years, I you know we pretty much dominated the conference. But man, these last ten years or so, it's just uh, the conference has got bigger. And a lot of teams uh, got stronger, and and they play away, play away. So it's a tough, just a tough uh, conference. And also, when you play in uh, Division One schools, uh, NAI Division One schools, and it uh, I think it's well well put together because you get the chance to play against the teams like Georgetown, who are always uh, in the in the top ten. So we get a chance to compete with those guys and help us out uh, in our conference tournament. 
Coach, the great thing about your roster is it is littered with players from across southern Indiana and, of course, in Louisville as well. Uh, great to see you going back to the national tournament. And in a big way, you're doing it with tons of local players, Coach Brown. Absolutely, which is special. Uh, I hope everyone knows Christian Stewart, who uh, he started out at Spalding or uh, with the Hanover for a while, and um, and we got him. I'm so excited to have him this year. He, he he played big for us last year after me challenging him at halftime because he didn't play well at the, in the beginning. I thought he should have he should have been dominated the whole night, but he he took those constructive uh, criticisms at, at the at, at halftime and came back and played really really well. And then when you know you got Jaron Jaron Starks, who's going to be a, a great player for us uh, coming. He's all he's came in throughout the season, man, and hit big shots for us. Uh, I'm proud of him, and he he know that uh, he has the opportunity to be in and play a lot of minutes for us next year. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, coaching him the rest of his uh, career. Wally Brown, the head coach at IU Southeast, his team won a conference championship, a tournament championship last night up in Kokomo. Now, you've got the conference bid. I think you'll find out Thursday uh, some of the details on who, you're, who you'll play and when that will be. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct, Matt. Um, and uh, Again, I, this it was, it was so excited about it. This is my first time. Uh, you know, since we everyone been, been in Division One NAIA, uh, they changed the format of, of the tournament. So we will find out something Thursday. Then um, uh, uh, the, the opening rounds start playing on Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, we have to be where we got to be on site on a Monday. So it, it's going to be a quick turnaround. But I mean, we it, this is exciting. Absolutely, Coach Brown. You mentioned when you came into IU Southeast, you guys really dominated the conference year in and year out. And so much has changed. The name, the size, so many schools, bigger schools as well. Uh, so to get back here and to go on the road and to knock off higher seeds consecutively as you've done, how sweet is this, Coach Brown, for you and your players? Well, it's very sweet, Matthew. Uh, Matt, I'll tell you, um, when you, when you go in, and opponents, especially in the River State Conference, I mean, it, it is tough, man. You go into a Lions den, and when you come out there winning, it just got to be the mindset of all those players that, you know, wherever they play, they're going to go in and continue to play defense and, and, and dominate in those parts where you're rebounding and um, those stats where you get Jordan charges, charges, deflections. So it looks good for those guys. Um, when you when you do that, but all all year long, man, we have always preached, man, this defense gonna win games, and they didn't do that in the beginning of the season. But that right now, their defense they're locked in, and um, I think you see the results. Absolutely, Wally Brown with us to start our Wednesday program. Coach March is here. I really can't think of a better person, just in general, to have on to start our first March program. I mean, you've got IU Southeast winning. Uh, the River States Conference last night. There were sectional games. I was at Seymour, just some crazy games last night. The Jennings County Bedford game, a double overtime finish, and we'll talk about that here in a bit. But uh, just basketball everywhere. We're thinking about Louisville and, of course, maybe not making the tournament, definitely not making the tournament in Coach Payne's first year. Kentucky on the brink, Indiana having a good season. This is the start of, of a really fun month for Kentuckiana. And you've you've been around March, Coach, in many different roles from your UofL days to your IU Southeast days and seem to have success this month. But this is just a really special time here in our area. 
A- absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I mean, to me, this this area is the mecca of, of, of basketball. You know, high school, middle school, whatever you whatever you want to put it. Basketball is really exciting in this in this area, and right now at this time of the year, it's, it's just especially exci- exciting. So, um, we got some teams, some local teams that that's really doing well. High school. Um, Basketball is doing well. When you talk about Jen and Kinos, I mean, I've watched them, that team a couple of times this year, and they got some really tough kids on there that can shoot the lights out of the basketball, so I know it's going to be a tough opponent. I'm not sure who won that game, um, but I t- sure sure know those, those two two really good teams that are competing. Absolutely. Coach Brown, we wish you the very best as you find out your team's destination as far as opponent, date, time, etc. And I know a lot of people listening will be uh, pulling for you guys to have some success here as we get into March. So congratulations again on a River States Conference Championship last night. Thank you, Matthew. I just want to say also, too, uh, I mean, basketball universally, man, it, it brings people together. I've been uh, reached out, a lot of people reached out to me in the southern Indiana area, New Albany. I mean, a lot of the community people reached out to me, and I really appreciate all the love. Uh, but this is one thing that, that this sports bring. Uh, it brings people together, and I'm excited about it. Absolutely. Good stuff from Coach Wiley Brown. Wiley, thank you. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Love you, buddy. Absolutely. Wiley Brown with us to start the show. And, and, you know, I know we get so engulfed in IU and high school sports and so many things in the area, but I hope people take a minute to realize a couple things. Number one, IU Southeast, their basketball program is really good. That conference, as Coach Brown just went through, it's really, really good. If you followed high school basketball in our state, there's a ton of really good players in this conference at different schools, including IU Southeast. And to see Coach Brown get back on top in the conference, so much has changed. He doesn't always have the same scholarship or does not have the same scholarship situation, the same financial situation as some of the other schools in the conference to do what they did this past week to go on the road and win this thing is just outstanding and another team to pull for here in the area as we get further into March or get into March and get uh, March Madness as it's known underway so I wanted to start off today with Wiley Brown great stuff from him we'll get to the IU game coming up in a moment but last night at Seymour let me just say a couple things here in the opening segment about that First off, the Jennings County-Bedford game was an outstanding basketball game. We did not broadcast last night because of Indiana, so I rolled into Seymour right at 6 o'clock, and I thought maybe Romeo Langford was playing because the parking lot, the street, absolutely packed. I thought, what's going on here? Well, what was going on is that Jennings County and Bedford both, both brought fantastic crowds, especially Jennings County. And the Stars built the lead, maintained the lead, a ferocious comeback by Jennings County to force overtime number one. Keegan Manowitz had three free throws in a row on a fouled miss three to basically tie the ball game and force the overtime. Then he did it again in the overtime period, had uh, two of three. He intentionally missed the third one, which I'm not sure exactly what was going on there. That was at the end of the second overtime. But a crazy finish, both in regulation and in both overtime periods. It was a great game to hopefully help set the tone for the month of March. 
Jennings County dodged all kinds of bullets last night. Sometimes it takes a little luck to win something, and Jennings County had a lot of things not go their way last night, and somehow, some way, still found a way to win the game on on Tuesday night to start things off at Seymour. So uh, that was a classic finish, uh, unbelievable comeback by Bedford by Jennings County over Bedford, excuse me, and uh, not just once, but Jennings got down twice. Once they're in regulation, battling back in just the final seconds of the game, Manowitz and crew hitting some big threes, and then battling back again in the second overtime to not only tie it, but eventually take the lead and hang on to win. So just a crazy finish on Tuesday night. Then in the second game, Jim Shannon, the New Albany Bulldogs, uh, they got a win over rival Floyd Central. New Albany actually played well. Chris Lampkins, I've mentioned his name a few times here on the show. He's been a breakout player this season for New Albany. His playing time has picked up. Uh, he was inserted into the starting lineup a handful of games ago. He's had a couple big first halves this season for New Albany in recent games, but he's never been able to put really a full game together and he did so last night. He had lots of points, lots of rebounds, I think 17 points and almost 17, 18 rebounds as well uh, to help this New Albany team get a win. And obviously, New Albany and Floyd, a great rivalry game. The crowd was decent for that, probably as decent as it can get for two teams that don't have a lot of wins collectively, 7.30 on a Tuesday night in Seymour. But a decent crowd. Good to see Jim Shannon, though, get a victory over his rival uh, for the final time. And uh, Jim Shannon obviously coaching in his final season, his final sectional at Seymour, and his Bulldogs survive and advance, and they will take on a dangerous Seymour team that's playing good basketball here in the later weeks of the season, and that will be a challenge for New Albany. I think the Jeff Jennings County game on Friday night will be really good as well. We'll get into that contest, or we'll get into everything at other sectionals coming up a little bit later in our program today. But I did want to touch on Seymour last night, some great games and a great start to the postseason, that's for sure. We'll head to a commercial break. Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com is next. IU and Iowa, boy, the Hawkeyes got out early and often over Indiana, and Indiana never got back in the game. We'll talk about the lackluster performance from the Hoosiers and what's ahead for this Indiana team, some bracketology as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. No better way to start the month of March with uh, Wally Brown of IU Southeast and also Jeff Rabjohns, who joins us in this segment of Pigs.com to talk IU basketball from last night and more. Jeff, uh, i tell you what, I think it's safe to say that was Indiana's worst performance of the season. Is that a fair statement after the wire-to-wire lead and dominance by the Hawkeyes last night? Ah, uh, yeah, man. I think that's very fair. You know, Indiana just went out and uh, and laid an egg. 
it was it was bad it's just just all around and um you know i think it's obviously really frustrating for the fan base because like you said uh indiana had maybe its best performance of the season at purdue played really well Jonathan Chafino, obviously 35 points was absolutely phenomenal and i think iu fans were hoping to see um you know, kind of the, the chance for the team that just did that at Purdue come back to Assembly Hall, thump Iowa, and, you know, kind of be a community celebration. You know, the team, the coaches, the fans, everybody celebrating IU, playing really well. And, uh, you know, there was a lot on the line to play for, you know, potentially getting a three-seed in the NCAA tournament, potentially, uh, you know, taking another strong step toward an NCAA tournament path that might have been, uh, Columbus, Ohio, and Louisville, which obviously would have been very favorable for many IU fans. Um, and now that path is harder. Um, the path to getting a double bind in, in the Big Ten tournament is now harder. So it was, I mean, they laid an egg. There's just, there's no two ways about it. It was, it was, it was a poor performance with everything that was at stake. I, I think it's very, I think it's very fair to say it was IU's. When you look at what was at stake, the margin, you know, 1968, it's very fair to say that was IU's worst performance of the season. Jeff Rabjohnspeaks.com. I think probably the most concerning thing is not just the loss, and I know you did a great job setting up how the loss affects and makes things tougher for the Hoosiers here the rest of the way, but also I think it's the way they lost, Jeff. They were just never in the game. They were never competitive. There was no bounce back to – cut the deficit to a reasonable margin. I think that might be more concerning than anything specifically we can talk about from last night's game. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was, it was one of those where you, you know, in, you know, the optics of lack of fight aren't great. And, you know, whether a team wins or loses, you know, the fans want to feel like, like their team just went out there and gave it everything they had and fought and scrapped. And, you know, I'm not saying... I'm questioning the effort. I'm just saying I think, you know, it's understandable when fans do after a game like that. And, you know, two things really stood out to me. Um, you know, one, I, I use defense was bad. And and, it, and it's it's another example of, you know, some of the things they do sometimes struggle against three-point shootings. You know, it happened at Penn State, um, you know, or earlier in the year. And, you know, that was, that was a game where IU, you know, gives up 85 points, loses 85 to 66. And, you know, they let the other team make 18 threes. And then they turn around against Iowa and let Iowa make 13. So part one was IU's defense, you know, especially against the three, was poor. Um, and it was really poor against a team in Iowa who you know they're going to hunt threes. Everybody knows what Iowa's going to do. No, not everybody's going to stop it. I mean, you know, Michigan State just gave up more than 100 to them. It was, what, 107? Um, so, you know, there are times when, yeah, the other team is going to play well. But part one, I thought IU's defense was bad. Part two, I think it, it's another case that illustrates IU kind of has one path to victory. They need to be really good from two-point range, which is Trace Jackson Davis on the interior, Jalen Hutchinson's pull-up game. And they have to defend really, really well. That, that's mainly I use one path to victory. Um, they're not a very a productive team from, from three-point range. And sometimes your offense has to beat the other team's offense. It's 
sometimes really skilled shooters in a really good offensive system, sometimes they're going to score. So sometimes you have to answer offense with offense. And Indiana right now ranks 354th in the country in three-point rate, which is, you know, number of threes you take per game. And, you know, that, that, that's bottom 20 in the country, Matt. That, that's not, you know, ranked 100th or 120th. That's bottom 20 in the country, 354th. So when you're not productive from the arc, um, you, you, you sometimes you have one path to victory. And I think for IU, move, especially moving forward, you know, I don't think as currently constructed is going to ever be high-volume three-point shooting. But moving forward, Indiana needs to be more, more productive from the arc to give itself a better chance in games when the other team is scoring. And I know, I know a lot of people like to say, well, you know, defense travels, defense wins championships, and all those wonderful cliches. But sometimes your offense has to beat the other team's offense. And IU actually has one of the greatest examples of that ever, the 1987 Final Four game against UNLV. IU gave up 93 points. Did they lose? No, they won. Because Bob Knight, in one of his many coaching masterpieces, was like, I don't know if we can stop them, but we're going to outscore them. So IU outscored them, 197-93. Sometimes your offense needs to be their offense, and in today's college basketball, the, the best way to become more efficient on offense, to give yourself a chance to win games when you give up, you know, 80, 82, 84 points, the best path to having opportunities to win those kind of games is to be more productive in the three-point arc. Jeff RabJohnsPeaks.com with us here on this Wednesday edition of the program. I was at Seymour last night, so I was watching on my phone uh, and also watching high school basketball. But I do want to take just a moment to recognize uh, the the top guard in the game, and that is an Indiana product uh, from Lawrence North. Uh, in Tony Perkins that was outstanding last night for Iowa. I know Indiana fans obviously hate to see Indiana guys come back and have big performances in state or against Indiana, but what Tony Perkins was able to do last night should be recognized. I thought he was by far the best guard on the floor last night and outplayed Jalen hood Shafino. Oh, Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, T. Perk, was, he was really good. Um, you know, he, he was... He was he was really good as a scorer, you know. Uh, obviously, going out there and getting twenty three points, um, you know, he got to the line. He was eight for ten from the line, eight assists against one turnover. Uh, he, he was tremendous. He he was absolutely tremendous. You know, kid out of kid out of Lawrence North, but um, you know, not a lot of schools recruited. Frankly, um, a lot of people looked at him and passed. And um, you know, I remember uh, Trevor Andershock, you know, was writing about him saying this kid can help somebody in the Power Five. And uh, Trevor was right about that. Tony Perkins showed last night, you know, what, what he's capable of doing. All right, Jeff, let's talk bracketology. You mentioned last night's lo- loss makes things definitely tougher uh, for Indiana as far as a double bye in the, NC- in the Big Ten tournament and their path for uh, a better seed, a better location, uh, tougher for the NCAA tournament. After last night, how have things changed from what we talked about earlier in the week as far as where Indiana could go, what seed they could be, and any other particulars about postseason basketball coming up for this team? Well, I think, I think what's, what's happened now is um, 
Indiana's in a situation where they're going to need at least one more marquee win, probably in the Big Ten tournament, uh, to have a chance to return to the conversation uh, for a potential top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, because right now they're sitting there with, with five quad one wins. Uh, they've got 11 quad one and two wins combined. Uh, one good thing, they have no bad losses, no quad three or quad four losses. They're 9-0 or no in those games. They don't have any negative drag on their NCAA tournament resume. But what you have are, are, are a number of teams out there with seven or more quad one wins. Um, so Indiana really needs to, to find a way to get to that number. And, you know, they'll probably have chance in the Big Ten tournament. But, you know, the Big Ten isn't great this year. It's just, you know, Purdue has been ranked number one for a while. They've obviously struggled recently. Um, but you only have two teams that have been in the rankings with any consistency, those being, you know, Indiana and Purdue. Um, so I think Indiana is going to need, you know, multiple Big Ten tournament wins to, to have a chance at a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. All right, Jeff, we got to talk about Trace Jackson Davis. One of the highlights, maybe the only highlight of the night, was he became Indiana's all-time leading rebounder. He had 13 last night against the Hawkeyes, uh, 1,096 total in his career. Uh, so that was a good mark for him. A double-double from Trace, 26 points and 13 rebounds in the loss. But that's a big mark for him. He'll be recognized now, I'm sure, for a number of years to come. Who knows, maybe forever as the all-time leading rebounder in Bloomington. Yeah, he, he's really having a special career, and especially when you look at achievement. Um, I, I know sometimes fans you know, love players who are on the title teams a little more because they won a title. They don't have better. I understand that. That's very normal. But when you actually look at achievement, there's no question Trace Jackson Davis is one of the best players to ever wear an IU uniform. You know, he, he's sitting there number four all-time in, in career scoring behind only these three guys, Calvert Chaney, Steve Alford, Don Schlunt. But that, that is just absolutely tremendous. Uh, 2,000, um, little, little over 2,100 points right now. Like you said, already all-time leading rebounder. Already all-time leader in shot blocks. Uh, top five in, in double-doubles. So he's been incredibly productive in that area. You know, uh, they're the first player in IU history with 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. Only the fifth Big Ten player ever to do that. Um, you know, he's the only active Division One player with at least 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 250 career blocks. Um, and in the last 25 seasons, only five college players have achieved those numbers. Only five in the last 25 years. Well, Trace has been, he, he's been absolutely tremendous. And, in, and he carries an enormous load. And also, it makes it more impressive when, when you think about it in terms of context. He's been the top guy on the opponent's scouting report for basically his whole career. Everybody at IU play starts with, okay, how do we stop Trace Jackson Davis? Everybody. Um... So he's getting an enormous amount of defensive attention, and he's still incredibly productive. So, yeah, it, it's, it's obviously a very special career that he's having. Um, and I don't know if we're going to see another guy like that. I don't know how many guys are out there who are this good, who are going to play for four years, who can score, rebound, and block shots. I, just, I don't know if we're going to see another Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. 
JeffRabJohnsPeaks.com. Good stuff from Jeff. Uh, Xavier Johnson, final topic. Uh, he warmed up last night. He did not play. There was no surprise. Coach Woodson had said that he uh, would not be available for the game, but he obviously is getting closer and closer, we think, to a return. Do you have any insight? Uh, when do we see Xavier Johnson back? Could it be for the last regular season game of the season, or do you think his return could still be you know, a Big Ten tournament or NCAA tournament even maybe? Well, the biggest thing is he has to be fully medically cleared as any player would have to be. Um, this is not a player decision. Uh, a player can't say just, well, you know, hey, uh, I feel okay. I want to go play. There has to be full medical clearance. So that, that is the last step. <clears throat> and obviously everybody in the building got very excited when, you know, he put his uniform on, you know, when they come back out with about uh, three, four minutes before tip-off, <clears throat> you know, do the last little layup line thing. And uh, he, he leads the team out in uniform, and uh, instead of just going in and hitting the layup, you know, he goes right to the basket, two dribbles, bangs a dunk. And everybody was like, oh, wait, what's going on? <laughs> so um, certainly I think that the, you know, I think Xavier definitely wanted to let the fans know, hey, I'm, I'm working my butt off to get back. And I want, I want to show you all that, you know, I'm, I'm getting close. I do think Michigan is a possibility as things stand today. It's not a guarantee, but it is a, it is a possibility. Uh, if he can't play uh, against Michigan, um, you know, the, the hope is that he'll be able to play. Hope from the IU standpoint is that he will be able to play at some point, and uh, he fully intends to play whenever he's medically cleared, whether that's on Sunday for Michigan, Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament, whatever. His goal is to play whenever he's medically cleared. So I, I do think Saturday is, as things stand here today, um, again, no guarantee for Sunday, but it is a possibility. JeffRabJohnsPeaks.com. You can read all of his coverage at the Peaks.com website, P-E-E-G-S.com. And, Jeff, it's great to catch up. March is here, so we've got to make this a more regular occurrence. Uh, Jeff Rabjohns, the Hoosier Report, March Madness, those things all go together, right? Absolutely, Matt. Absolutely. <laughs> One of the best times of the year. Yeah, no question. Jeff, thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Always good talking to you, my friend. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. Jeff Rabjohn's with us here on a Wednesday edition of the program. Great to have him with us, and we'll have him back here with postseason basketball just around the corner for the Hoosiers. couple texts on the Thornton's text line. Texter says, disappointing, embarrassing, no focus, no effort, unacceptable. Uh, also, another texter says, Iowa could do no wrong, and Indiana could do no right. Uh, both of those texts, in many ways, absolutely correct. But just did not see it coming. I thought Indiana would lose to Purdue. I've said that. I would not have been surprised if Indiana got blown out by Purdue. Just Indiana appeared tired. It's a road game. Purdue had been struggling and was looking for a bounce-back game. But it didn't happen. Indiana played great. Indiana held on and increased its lead down the stretch and just was playing great basketball on Saturday night. That's the game where I thought there could be a real letdown in advance of the Big Ten tournament. But I did not see it last night. I, I knew that the crowd would be fired up, especially coming off the Purdue win. And I'll be honest, Fran McCaffrey, he really gets under the skin of players, coaches, fans. I just thought Indiana would come out and obviously take some punches from Iowa. They're a good team and they're playing well. But 
I never dreamed the result would be what it was last night. So Indiana's got to figure it out, straighten it up, get the win at home uh, over Michigan as you would expect them to do, and then focus on whatever their seed is in the Big Ten tournament and see what they could put together. I'm telling you, it's an Indiana team that they can go out and lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament, uh, or they're a team that can play to the championship game and potentially win it. It's just they have the ability to do both. So uh, in the Big Ten tournament, it's going to be fun. I know I say this every year, but it's going to be really, really good this year uh, with so many teams that can threaten and good teams and improving teams. Uh, going to be a lot of fun um, for the Big Ten coming up here soon. We'll head to a commercial break. Local sports is next. Josh Cook, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, excuse me, of the News and Tribune here locally. I'm all over the place today. He's going to join us as we talk about high school basketball last night. Jennings County Bedford was crazy. New Albany, a big win over Floyd Central. And there's some other things to get to across the area as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday show. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with me. And boy, Josh, we've got a lot of good high school basketball from Tuesday night to talk about. I mentioned Seymour earlier. We'll get to that here in a moment. But I tell you, hard to beat West Washington, the Class A host last night. Rock Creek, a mild upset, I think to say the least, over Christian Academy. 40-37, the score there. And then also Borden got a real scare, a real challenge from the host team, West Washington, but the Braves were able to hang on 40-37. Fans at West Washington, boy, they were treated to two good games last night. I know, two two down-to-the-wire games. You know, I think think there were, uh, you know, shots that could have uh, tied or won the game there at the end. So, uh, thrilling games for both of those. You know, it was a big big comeback by Borden. I'm not sure how many points they were down, but I feel like they've trailed most of the game and uh, were able to battle back and, and get the win. So that was that was big for for them, the defending sectional champs. And then, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Rock Creek, the Christian Academy, you know, um, uh, Christian Academy had won by one in that regular season, and uh, but Rock Creek came out on top this time. But yeah, Rock Creek has played uh, just a crazy, crazy tough schedule of 4A, 3A, 2A, you know, they've played all the teams from all those classes. So, you know, maybe that uh, maybe that difficult schedule, it will pay off in the postseason and uh, maybe it did last night. But, you know, it looks good. And they've got Lanesville in the, in the semifinals, so I like uh, Rock Creek's chances of making it to the championship game on Saturday night. And then the uh, question is, will they play Borden or South Central? Uh, you know, um, those are two good teams. South Central has definitely improved from, from last year and, and then Borden, you know, the defending sectional champ, they've got they've got a lot to play for too. So that that should be a good matchup on Friday night, uh, in, in that uh, in the sectional semifinals. But yeah, there's 
plenty of uh, plenty, <laughs> plenty of action will be uh, Friday night. Um, the, and then last night also, I need to mention that uh, you know New Wash won its first first won its first round game, so they'll be playing in the uh, sectional semifinals on Friday night as well. So big wins for for the for the Mustangs and the Hornets too. Henryville got a big win last night against Austin, so that. I know uh, Aiden Head and Carson Conray had uh, big games for the Hornets, so they'll be playing in the semifinals uh, before the uh, you know before the the heavyweight showdown that, that that we're hoping for Providence against Brownstown and the second one uh, Friday night at Southwestern. So we've got some big games coming up this weekend, that's for sure. All right, uh, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Let's go to Seymour. Last night I was there for the Jennings County Bedford game. And Jennings County, my goodness, they battled back twice. I thought they were beaten uh, and found a way to get it done. And that was a classic game to start the 4A sectional there at Seymour. I'm not sure if you were there or not, Josh, or where you were at, but uh, hard to imagine a better start to the month of March. I guess if you're a Bedford fan, obviously, just heartbreaking how that game finished. But uh, what a classic start to that sectional there. Yeah, that's for sure. Actually, we got there with like uh, late in the fourth quarter. I think um, I think BNL was up nine at that point, and then I think the Stars were up uh, as many as twelve in the fourth quarter before Jennings just you know started started raining in three pointers and and uh, you know hitting tough shots. And then I you know I thought it was over in the second overtime too when when Bedford was up uh, nine, I believe, and then Jennings just somehow came back again and won. So it, it's kind of um, you know last last year Jennings lost in double overtime to Floyd in the first round. So so this time they uh, played double overtime, and they win. So maybe that's a big omen for them. Maybe they'll come out and win the sectional this week, like Floyd did last year. I'm not sure, but uh, you know that 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 could uh, you know definitely give some give a team some momentum. But then you know they've got a big game Friday night against Jeff. Uh, you know that that'll be a tough one. Jeff uh, Jeff beat him early in the regular season, and uh, you know Jeff got a, built a huge twenty point lead in that game, and then uh, Jennings came back and erased it. But then Jeff was able to uh, regain the lead and hold off the Panthers in that one. So that that's really going to be a Friday night at uh, Seymour should really be a good one um, um, for for games wise. Uh, you know it should be really interesting and exciting. Hopefully. Josh, we've got to mention New Albany. Jim Shannon, in his final year, gets a win over rival Floyd Central for the final time. A good win for New Albany, and they were led by Chris Lampkins, who had 17 points and 19 rebounds. I'd mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that Lampkins has put together some good first halves for New Albany, but he's never, I don't think, played a complete game until last night. He had a great outing last night, just a sophomore and has really found a role, maybe more than just a role on the team, uh, with uh, such big numbers and, and just a uh, very fluid, very smooth player. Uh, so maybe he's the postseason boost that the Bulldogs needed to make a little run in Jim Shannon's finale. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if that was uh, that that maybe will be his uh, his breakout game. We'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, that was just a huge performance last night. You know, he's he. Um, he got some got some layups and uh, made some shots, and then yeah, as you mentioned, he had a huge uh, rebound number too, which was which was big for the Bulldogs um, against uh, you know against the taller Highlanders. So that was 
um, yeah, it's just a huge performance. And, and Justin Carter had uh, he played well too. He had double figures. And, uh, you know, Jordan Treat and the, the rest of the guys uh, did well too. So, you know, that was uh, it was a big big win for uh, for Jim Shane and kept this kept it going for him. And uh, you know, he'll he'll get an opportunity to keep it going again Friday night when they play uh, uh, the host Seymour. But um, um, normally one at Seymour that was in. Late December, I don't, I don't know if you were there or not, but I, I know I didn't go. But uh, you know, we'll see if they can, they can recapture uh, what they did that night at the Lloyd Scott Gymnasium and uh, maybe get that win and move on to the sectional finals. You know, that would be, a, that would be a great way for Coach Shannon to, to uh, you know, get, get into a sectional final. Would be a great, uh, you know, a great way for a great present for his uh, in his final season. And then you know, once you get to the final. Anything can happen, so who knows? Uh, you know, if the Bulldogs can get that far, maybe they can, maybe they can give them a sectional title in this final season. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, and it's a busy Wednesday because we've got some seven-team sectionals locally. Uh, there's some Wednesday night games, two up at uh, Southwestern Hanover, Brownstown, and Eastern Pekin, then Clarksville, Providence. Of course, everybody thinking ahead about maybe Brownstown and Providence on Friday. And then also the 3A sectional at Charlestown. There's some games there tonight as well. Madison and Scottsburg will play tonight. And then Charlestown and Silver Creek in the 7.30 p.m. game. So um, interesting Wednesday night of postseason basketball as well. I know you don't usually get uh, you know too many too many Wednesday nights for uh, for sectionals, but yeah, we got we got some good games tonight. That, that's going to be really interesting. You know that Silver Creek um, Charlestown game uh, should be interesting. Uh, Silver Creek um, won pretty handily at Charlestown earlier this year, but but you know Charlestown has definitely uh, improved and, and grown up this season with that with that young team that Coach Matt Lynch has, and then. Uh, you know, I, I definitely expect a more competitive game this time, and you know, a lot more on the line. That's for sure. Um, in that, in that one, and then at Southwestern, yeah, I mean, you're looking at two two what should be competitive games. You know, Eastern Eastern's like sixteen and six, six something like that, and they're playing uh, Brownstown, which is you know eighteen and four or something. I'm not exactly sure what their record is, but you know. Um, Two two very good teams facing off in a first round game. There, I expect, I expect Brownstown to win, but uh, you know, um, Coach Weatherford at, at, at Eastern's done a good job this year, and you know, anything can happen in the postseason. And then you know, segue into that one in the Providence uh, Clarksville game. You know, Providence won. Providence beat the Generals pretty handily at the uh, at the Larkin Center earlier this season, but you know, it's it's, it's tournament time, and you know, anything can happen. But Clarksville's, you know. They've, they've made some strides this season as well. So, uh, you know, I expect that game to be competitive uh, too. But, yeah, it's, it's, all, uh, it's all leading up to, to Friday night, what, what, what everybody's hoping for the big uh, heavyweight showdown for, for the Pioneers and the, and the Braves. Should be fun. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, thanks. We'll see you somewhere this weekend. Yeah, all right. Sounds good, Matt. Thanks so much. All right, you can read a lot about last night's games at newsandtribune.com slash sports or, of course, in the print edition of today's paper. Texter on the Thornton's text line, not sure I follow here, says, why has the Indiana Boys High School basketball moved to the weekday? Sectionals are always Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday, and you occasionally get some Wednesday games if you've got a seven-team bracket. So 
this year is par for the course as far as uh, normal of uh, schedule. We'll head to, or that's it for today, quick show. Back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.